What's Brewing ATX? I'm Greg Carlson alongside the world's greatest co-host, Ian Grossman. So flattering. Thank you for joining us for another episode. We're super pumped for today's topic. Remember, this is your one-stop shop for all things ATX. From tips on the food and beverage scene, to developments in the real estate world, to interviews with local small businesses and those making an impact in our community. And of course, we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit each week so you can get a little taste of what Austin has to offer. This week, we'll be interviewing serial entrepreneur, fitness fanatic, founder of Thrive On Life, and simply put, a man on a mission to make the world a better place, Mr. C.J. Finley. And today, what an intro! we're talking about his story and experience as an influencer in Austin, Texas. Greg always makes sure to bring it. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to turn up. Turn it up. Uh, as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to give us that five-star rating to show some love and let us know if you have any suggestions on topics or guests that may be perfect for the show. Be sure to stick around for the Weekly Brew where we talk about the next big development on the east side. And here's your hint. It has to do with a, hab a habitat built by a humane society. And before we get started with our topic, let's introduce what we're drinking today. Ian, what are we sipping on? Ooh, could get a little rowdy in here. Woo! We've been doing beer a lot lately. We had wine a few weeks ago, but we are drinking 512 tequila today. Bringing it straight to Mexico. So, um, obviously, if it's tequila, it's got to be distilled in Mexico, but this is one of the local brands. Our corporate office is here in Austin, Texas, right off South 1st Street. Um, Scott Willis, the owner, he traveled to Jalisco, Mexico, where he met master distiller Luis Trejo. Mm. They worked together to create what he pretty much calls the perfect tequila. So mm. Scott still goes back and forth to Jalisco to try every single batch to make sure it's as good as the last. It sounds like a pretty fun trip. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun job right there. Fun business trip. How do we get hooked up into that? Because I, I know. <laughs> trips to Mexico much interest, for yeah. tequila sampling. <laughs> so... Um, I didn't actually know this. I looked at they have this on their on their promo on their website for years. Bartenders and aficionados have used the phrase "it's good juice." What to describe great tequila? So five one two's goal is that whoever drinks this, that's their it's response good juice. to it. It's so I can good drink juice all day now. Like you can drink juice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's like one thirty, so we're about to drink some juice. Exactly. Let's yeah, we're doing the show earlier than normal. <laughs> Usually, we do it like kind of around happy hour time. So. Uh, again, it might get a little rowdy in here, but we're drinking their um, their Blanco. Okay. Which Blanco, you sometimes hear called like silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silver. It's basically the most basic type of tequila. It's distilled and it's ready to drink. They also have a Reposado and an Añejo, yeah. which are just aged for longer. But I think it is time to crack this open. Are you guys going to do... We have some Topo Chico here to mix with. Yeah, that's what, that's my go-to. Your well, go-to? Luckily, I'm Ubering after this, so okay. we, can, we can fill it a little bit more than usual. I think I'm going to try... Tell me when. Good. I think I'm going to try it straight, but... Yeah. yeah. Maybe straight first and then add the tell Topo. Tell me when. That's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a little taste, and then we'll put the lime in It looks delicious. Yeah. So their Blanco is described as bold and inviting. Just like the five one two, which is bold and inviting. Yeah, whole yeah. 
Austin, Texas, <laughs> Eric, <laughs> side one too. So, hey, cheers. Nice. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Thank you. Let's see what it's like. Whew. See, tequila doesn't bother me. I, can, I love it, man. I can That's sip on good. All day. I'm going to put some lime in it. Just Yeah, that'll make me nice. Want some lime? Yeah, please. It's really good. Might have to add that to the uh, oh, you got three shelf. slices at the bar. Dude, I got some you. limes for you. Look at you. I'll Thanks, let you man. squeeze it. Thanks. All for me, you shouldn't have. Let's squeeze this is awesome. That one's for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big ass line. <laughs> no, you <laughs> go with whatever. So, um, yeah, CJ, each, each week we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit. We try to, the reason we stay local is to try to give promotion to. Yeah, I love it. It's you know, awesome. the local businesses that people might not know about. Obviously, you can't go to the distillery unless you travel to, to Jalisco, Mexico. But go to your local Porchy's Tacos. Uh, uh, Where did I get this? Total Wine. They've got exclusive partnerships with 502 Tequila. Cool. So it'll always be flowing. Um, again, so Greg men mentioned at the beginning, we like to have people on that make a big impact in the community. So immediately, as we've been, you. we've been doing this, yeah, we've been doing I mean, this podcast. Don't for, flatter me. <laughs> no, no, well, I thought of I thought of you as someone who's just passionate about making an impact and building a community. So again, thank you for coming on, and we'd like to just start by hearing who is CJ. Share your story with us. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, to start off, thank you guys, Greg and, and Ian, for having me. And allowing me to drink, have you drink tequila. I know you guys drink beer and, and wine typically, but for those who don't know, I have celiac disease. So mm. I pretty much can only stick to tequila and uh, Tito's and other corn-based, potato-based vodkas. So that's why we're here today drinking tequila. So I appreciate you guys giving me a shot and, yeah. and not saying hell no because I can't drink beer. Um, but well, yeah. What was your answer when I asked you if you drink? You said, there's a bear shit in the woods. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. So, I mean, I guess a, a misconception before I like go into my story is that like, I'm really heavy into the fitness scene and a lot of people think that you have to be all in in certain ways on your diet or whatever it may be. And I was always the guy that would, if I was going to drink that night, I just go to the, the gym, everything in moderation, go to the gym before I work out and then, and then drink and, and enjoy myself. And then instead of having 10 drinks, I would have five and just like, I said everything in moderation. Um, so for anybody listening, like if you have any questions around nutrition, fitness, hit me up and just know that's not a one size fits all. You can drink, you can party, yeah. you can have fun, but just like anything else in life, too much of something can be bad. So it's true. long story short, grew up in New Jersey, uh, lived in five different cities in three and a half years. I went from New York to Philly to Nashville to Houston to here finally feel at home much because of people like yourselves who actually are doing things in the community and and making i felt a part of this community right when i got here mm -hmm. and that just like hit home with me um i'm an ex-engineer couldn't sit at a desk and just thought i wanted to make a bigger impact on the world and i just love people i've always loved people since i was a little kid so that's pretty much i don't like to like talk about any other long story or whatever but I, i'm here to make an impact and i just want to help people and really that's that's all it's about for me when was that shift from engineer to what you're doing now mm. uh so let's see so i'm 28 now um i graduated when i was 22 and then i started a job 
outside of New York at UBS Wealth Management. Um, I signed on to work in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've always been sort of a workaholic, so the entrepreneurial scene has been really good for me. Um, but I couldn't, I had like a seven month gap once I graduated, and most people would be probably say, Oh man, like take a chill pill, go to the yeah. beach, do whatever. And I'm just like, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to sit <laughs> at home or, or do whatever. So I got a contract job outside New York City, was living the fast life, and I found out real quick that they can lay you off at any time. Mm -hmm. So I was working in, uh, I was doing some projects with the accounting within UBS, and after tax season, they had massive amounts of layoffs because they were anticipating more work, but then the work didn't come through. So I was on the chopping block because I'd already, I already had another contract lined up. Okay. So while I was thought I was uh, going to have a job until June, I walk in on a Monday and they're just like, I get an email and they're like, this Friday's your last day. So they didn't even call me. I got an email saying that like, that was my last day. What? And that taught me real quick to kind of like start fending for myself. I was like, yeah, I was 23. Um, so right away, I started second-guessing, like, if this is the way the world works, like, I don't really want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fell into the entrepreneurial scene and thinking about, like, getting out because people in my job, in my corporate office, started coming to me and asking, like, how do we get fit? Like, we see you going to the gym and, and uh, like, because I would go to happy hour and then I would have one drink and be like, oh, I'm going to the gym. And everyone's like, you're not going to stay or whatever. And I'm just like, no, like, I got better things to do. Yeah. And you could see the, like, twinkle in their eye. Like, they're like, oh, like, I kind of want to come. Like, that sounds like it's a good thing for myself. But, like, should I'm should be doing it. Yeah, exactly. So I just stuck with that. And then once I moved to Nashville, like, it happened again. And people were asking me. So I was sort of doing some research. How much money do personal trainers make on the side? Things of that nature. And I just got NASM certified and started training before and after work. And that was the end of the story. As soon as I started running my own business, I was like, this is what's for me. And I want to help other people run their own businesses and do what they're passionate about because it is possible. And I think a lot of people, when you go into the educational system, which I'm super passionate about, like we're not taught that it's not, it's hard, but it's not as hard as people make it to be, especially in the digital age. Like, yeah. You can, you can run your own business and be happy. You might not make a million dollars, but like most people are making 60 to 100K and I can teach you how to make 60 to 100K doing something you love. It's especially like with yeah. social media and stuff and you'll be a lot happier. You'll have more free time. You'll be with your kids and, and family. And uh, yeah, so I don't want to ramble, but that's you know, how I kind of like transition. A lot of people think it's a risk starting a business. Well, it, like you are saying before, it's almost more risky working for somebody because at the drop of a hat, you know, one yep. email later, see you later. Have a nice day. And if you have kids, and I saw that happen to my dad throughout my life. Like yeah. we, we thought we were going to move a couple times. And I like to live by this. If anybody's ever read, read the book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, it talks about like living at the edge of the cliff. And people, like when you go to the edge of the cliff, you your heart starts racing. Everything starts like like getting your, 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 you get warm and tingly. Well, the reason that is, is because like you see him in a death. Like if you step off that cliff, you're going to die. So you like, you feel the most alive, even though you're the closest to death you've ever been. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is most people don't realize like that's every step you take during the day. Like you could have a brain aneurysm and die. Yeah. So most people, like they block out that fear of death and, and, and risk because they're thinking like, I'm going to take the path of least resistance and not have risk but they're actually risking everything by just following that path rather than being like i could die at any moment like i'm gonna live within my world and do 
do things this way. Obviously, you have to be practical. Like, if you have kids and a family and a house, you yeah. can't do anything rash. Um, I, think but, that's, I think that's part of it as well. Like, if you're making... I was a teacher. I was making $40,000 a year, but I had a consistent paycheck. I knew I was going to get paid. And I think the hardest thing for people that, I mean, you can start a business selling whatever on the internet these days. You just might not start, you might, you might not start making money for a year. So, you know, on average. Yeah. And that, that happens with, so like in the education system, we're taught to go after money versus not how does money get made? And that's really what needs to be grilled into, especially like in the entrepreneurial game is like, say you have this product, like I have a pen in front of me. If I want to sell this pen, it's not, how do I sell this pen to make money? It's who do I give this to that's going to value this the at the, the highest price point yeah. and then love me for it and then tell other people for it. So it complete, it's a complete paradigm shift of how you create your product and what you do with your service. It's not, I'm going to go make money with this. It's who can I give this to and make it so valuable to them that we have a really great relationship. And if you have that great relationship with people, your business is going to do extremely successful. Yeah. It's going to be extremely successful. So it's now. not an overnight thing. It's not an that's overnight the big, thing. That's kind of the point is now what? it takes time. It's every handshake you make. It's every like, like I showed up here and, and with, with the, the stuff for you because you, you gave me an opportunity. So it's like, I'm always thinking next level, like, okay, I got this shot, but like, what can I give that doesn't really, what's that trade in value that is equal for both of us and makes us both happy. And you have that really great relationship. And if you do that one by one by one over, this is a marathon 40 years, like you're going to absolutely annihilate anything that you put your mind to. Totally. Without a task over time. Yeah. The tortoise always wins the race, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Because he keeps going. Like, if you, if you burn yourself out, which happens to a lot of people, because they're worried about, like, the little things. Like, yeah. like I was 10 minutes late or whatever. Like, people worry about just the But you know what I appreciated? Like, you texted me, like, 20 minutes early that you were going to be 10 minutes late. So I, I, I did that because there was traffic. So I didn't know. Like, we were living in Austin. So I didn't even know if I'd be 10 minutes late. I think I showed up like two minutes late, Yeah. but I thought that because there's traffic, something could go. So that gives you 10 more minutes maybe to set up or like we can get right going or whatever it may yeah. be. And just that for the people that listen, like just that thought process of like giving constantly, even through text or through phone calls or, totally. or caring is, is what really matters. And that's yeah. what really brings that monetary value later on. I've seen it I, I've done it and, and it just works. It's tried and true. It'll so, never change. So staying there, thrive on. That's the brand, right? Yeah. That's the, the brain. Yeah. Because it's there's a, other... It's the top. Yeah. The top right. of the mountain is thrive I, on. Yeah. I. Uh, oh, boy. It, uh, He's got a huge... All right. CJ has a humongous <laughs> smile on his face. Right? Yeah. What's going on? So he must be just ready to go. I mean, it's 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 been cool to see like how it's evolved over the years. And another thing, going back to... To how you said it doesn't happen overnight so for me when i was long story short i was listening to a lot of tim ferris and i was working in nashville tennessee and my girlfriend at the time which is now my wife erin she was living in houston and i was paying like 1200 a month for my apartment in nashville and then paying like 400 for a flight to her once a month or bi-monthly and I had student loans and I'm just looking at this. I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. Like 
I'm making a lot of money at this job, but I'm blowing a lot because I'm not where I actually want to be. Like yeah. I want to be with her in Houston and spend more time with her. I don't really care about this money. But as a 22, 23 year old, you're just following what everybody else does. You're like, oh, this money's great. Like this title is great. I'm a project manager. I'm running these multi-million dollar projects. Yep. And you start convincing yourself like this is the way. Now, the thing was, my lease was up seven months into when I moved to Nashville. And the more that that got closer, I was like, you know what? I was really, like, like I said, I was listening to four hour work week. Tim Ferriss is like, do, and then ask for forgiveness afterwards. Don't ask. Yeah. So I literally just up and left. And then I told my boss, like, yeah, I'm, I moved to Houston. And he was like, obviously not too happy, but he was like, you can't afford to lose you. You can just work remote there. So I just, Whoa. yeah, like, and, but I'd already put in my head, I'd saved up and I'm just like, you know what? Like losing this job is worth the risk of being with somebody that I would rather spend my time with. Yeah. And the money, like $1,600 out of saving, like I, I, I bet on myself and I knew I could have another job within a month. If I really needed to, I would just hustle my ass off. Most people aren't willing to like sleep in a car to do things. And that's why they, they have that fear of that risk. Now, what happened was when I moved to her, um, beforehand, she's the one that actually told me I needed to start an Instagram. So she's the start of oh, drive on life. And a lot of people don't know this, but did you have a personal, just like, yeah, I had one when I would, I would post royalty. Is she getting <laughs> all of them. A lot. <laughs> I moved here for her. Like, so we trade off a lot. And if there's anybody else out there, like in a relationship, there's a lot of trading of, of who wants to go where in life at what point and working towards that. So mm -hmm. she's been a huge supporter, but she, when I visited her before we started dating, she was like, yeah, you need to get on Instagram. So I had an Instagram, but it was, uh, my personal and I was like taking pictures of beers and I wasn't use it, utilizing it yeah. for anything. It was just like what everybody else uses, used it for. And when I got to her, she was like, you love people and you can connect with people like really fast. You need to be digital because that gives you the capacity to scale. And she put this in my head and I'm just like, you know what? That actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it started off as CM fitness, <laughs> which I'm not really proud of. I got a month into it and I was doing what everybody else does. They, they follow what, what the hot thing is. There was a lot of fitness influencers blowing up at the time. I was like, I could be just like them. But then I started thinking like, I don't even really give a shit like about fitness like they do. Like they're promoting supplements or doing all these things. I don't care about that. I want to make an impact. Went back to the drawing board and I was like, I want to go after something so much bigger. And mm. her father died in a spin class of a heart attack. What? And he was like more ripped than her. I like, she was like, he was like the fittest man. He was all American. The last person player. you would ever expect. Yeah, man. It was, yeah. So like this, my tattoo of like the heart line, that's why it's a heart line is he died of a heart attack. And it's to remind me at any point in life that like it can be taken from you. Yeah. So when you think yeah. about that, like it's very easy for me to smile or very easy for me to like shake someone's hand or like to slow down and think of those bigger things, like hold the door for the, the old lady, like walking out of the grocery yeah. store. And that's where her and I are very much into like, we want to start a nonprofit. We were working with kids in Houston, uh, underprivileged kids trying to get them into college and, and do some other things. And that's where Thrive On Life started. We started Googling words like, what do we represent or whatever it may, what do we want to represent and what fits us? And it basically came down to like, you can throw me in the desert and I'm going to come out with water. Like same with her. Like she, she went to UPenn for engineering, moved across the country by herself, didn't know anybody, moved to Houston, started a job in oil and gas uh, as a woman. And like, that was super intimidating, but yeah. she did that. And like, for me, like I moved all over, I met so many people and it's just like, I've never had this fear. I just, 
Like wherever you put me, I'm going to thrive. And I just wanted to instill that in other people that you could be broke, you could be sick, you could be anywhere in the point of your life and you want to change and you can change. There's a way out. There's a way out. There's always a way out. And if you don't think there's a way out, call me and I'll help you. I'll find the way. That's And that's where like... And he's not joking. If, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're like trying to figure it out, he will, you know, you have a big Instagram presence, but you answer every message not three days later, you know, you're, you're all over it. So you're, I, I, it, it is genuine and it is authentic that you're trying to really affect people and make an impact. And it, it comes down to, I think, I know that I was lucky. Like my parents are great. Mm-hmm. My, my mom, my dad was an engineer, so he made enough money to allow my mom to stay at home and like take us all to soccer practices and they, they gave me a lot of tough love. Like if I got a 90, it was like, why don't you get a hundred? And at the time I didn't understand. Like I was like, oh, you guys are assholes. Like I, I'm trying, I'm like every kid, yeah. but life doesn't care. Like if you really want to make an impact on the world, like you need a hundred you need to shoot for that hundred. Yeah. So as I moved on in life, I realized how lucky I was to have them and to them instill in me that you can do anything that you put your mind to. We can help you along the way, but like it's on you. Like no matter what. And that's where a lot of people never had that and they're just at a loss. And that's where like, I want to fill that void for people and inspire them to basically my mission statement is I want to help other mission based people, brands and businesses thrive. And however that is like, if I like, I know I'm, I know 1% of what the 99% of the knowledge that I can acquire over the next 50 years. Right. But I know a lot of people too. So if you reach out to me, it's, if I don't know how to answer it, I, I'll damn sure try to figure it out or connect it with somebody. And that's really what my passion for people sits home, hits, hits home on is just like, it's like my hat, strive together, thrive together. Like that's, that's me. Like yeah. you can't go alone whatsoever. Big stuff. Whoa. <laughs> Greg's blown away here. Well, I know, I know you said uh, you, you listened to and read a lot of Tim Ferriss. And I remember in his book, For Our Work Week, he was like, there's always a lateral option. And uh, now, do you, did you adopt a lot of your mindset from influencers, uh, authors, or was it mostly your parents? Or, you know, where, where do you get your state of mind? So I actually hate the word influencer. Um, my goal isn't to influence people. It's to impact them so that they influence themselves and then they can impact other people. So the word influence is like, you do it my way, and that's what I hate. Like, there's no right way to do things. There's wrong ways, like be an asshole, or like, don't show up. Like, that's the wrong way to do everything. But you can't, you can't go after like being an influencer. Like, my goal isn't to influence people, it's to tell my story and show where I've come from, and then inspire other people to have their own impact on whatever they're trying to do. So, I just wanted to clarify that for everybody and my standpoint on that. Um, I don't view myself as an influencer, and I don't like the word influencer, and I don't like working with brands that like are solely after working with influencers. I want them after like one of my core values is community. It's like, what can we do for the community that's going to bring the community together and like solve some problems? Um, but in terms of like where that mentality came from, I actually don't follow a lot. I don't have time to follow. Like I listen to books on Audible at like, now I'm at like 3x speed. So you start off at one, you go from 1.25 and one. that's why I love it. It's like I can listen at 3x and like retain the information and that's a lot faster than reading. I'm also listen to a lot of podcasts and I think that what I do differently than other people is I 
look into others that have different opinions than me because it helps me grow. So like there's different podcasts I'll listen to. Like my, like I'm very, an engineering mindset, logical, practical, but life isn't always logical and practical. There's a lot of emotion that goes into it. So I'll go, I'll listen to podcasts that have to do with emotion and feelings. And that way, like I can connect better with other people and like understand where they're coming from. But I think that comes from my mom, um, has super high emotional intelligence and she like just ingrained in me and my brother to like always be good men and like Mm. what good men meant was like being kind and, and showing up and I'm not always on time, but, uh, that's one of the things that she would grill into us. Letting people know if if you're not going to be. Yeah. Like, so like that's where it, it started with her. And then as we got older, I think that I've just been lucky again. Um, to to grow up in a place where it's very diverse in Burlington, New Jersey. Like as much as I harp on it, I never want to go back there. Mm-hmm. I can't. I was raised in a time when like like the school was twenty five percent black, twenty five percent white, twenty five percent Asian, Oriental, whatever it may be. So I was I was ingrained in a lot of different cultures and, and mm-hmm. things. Where as I got older, it just made me appreciate people for who they were and not for like what was coming out of their mouth or whatever it may be. I could kind of understand that like if you were to like curse me out like it wasn't necessarily my fault I wasn't insecure enough and I'd be like why what's wrong like and I would put myself in your shoes and that came directly from my mother Mm -hmm. like almost to a fault that's her strength but also just like a lot of us our strengths are our weaknesses and like she takes everyone's pain like individually and like I saw that growing up where it was just like I kind of got some of that, but then I also have the engineering mindset of my dad to be like very practical. So it was like this EQ practicality. Are you German? Uh, yes, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Why do you ask? Well, they're they're like kind of like that. They're you know, very like maybe maybe I, on the colder side, right? So I've been, thank I've, goodness for your mom for warming up. Yeah, yeah. I I I am cold though, and that's yeah. the, like I, with Aaron like. I'm very direct and like, I'll call you out on your bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And I've had to like tone that back a little bit. Um, only because like, as you get older, you start realizing like how you show up in the world. And I used to be an asshole. Like I'll, I'll I'll openly admit that. And I think (laughs) a lot of us, a lot of us, like I wanted to get the best grades. I got most competitive in high school, like, but I wasn't doing things the right way. Like I, I was doing them to get the grade or to get the money versus now I've like completely, reverse yes and like after losing her father and like i have my own illnesses where it's just like what am i doing with my life and it's just like i care about this relationship i yeah. have with people and this conversation in general i don't really care about anything else outside of this room right now but you saw that first side of it which is allowing you to now kind of recognize those flaws if you call them flaw you know they are and, flaws and they change are your, that makes me human kind of change your mindset yeah they're 100 percent flaws and that's where i'll never be I'll never be the feelings guy that completely understands how people feel or whatever. Like, it's just not, it's not in me, but I can have an understanding personality. And that's what I shoot for is just like, just understanding. And like, I may not be able to fully put myself in your shoes, but I can maybe connect you with somebody else that is better suited for you than like my (laughs) German practicality, (laughs) I guess. So it's been a wild journey. Yeah. So that's the, that's the thrive on life brand, but you've kind of branched out and have a couple of, mm-hmm. at least from an Instagram perspective, you've yes, gone so, down a couple avenues. Talk about those. So when I was looking back on like what my goals are in life and I like 
I was working a sales job and I started getting sick and I lost 15 pounds and I was wearing a suit every day and it was just like my pants weren't coming up anymore. I really had to take a step back and my grandfather passed away and my aunt who has Crohn's disease, which is like what I'm on the path to getting if I don't take care of my health, I saw like how much it affected her life and I was like, holy shit, like that could be me and Mm -hmm. it scared the hell out of me. Um, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid to not be able to live. And that's where it's like illnesses like that really fuck you up and, yeah. and affect how you live. So I started thinking like, what's my goal in life and what's my mission? And then how do I break that mission down into like little milestones? And my mission is, is literally just to be as good as possible personally in like fitness, health, mental awareness things of that nature, and then broken down into career, like, I want to be a serial entrepreneur. And the reason I want to be a serial entrepreneur is I want to help people build their own businesses that change the world. And I realized right away that if my goal was to help a million people, it's very hard to help individually a million people, right? So the the mission statement, help other mission-based people, well, mission-based people tend to build communities and have large followings and cast the net, net, right? The net of goodness. Exactly. Positive, positive energy, like, uh, what is the word? Reciprocity, Mm -hmm. um, like positive reciprocity. Mm -hmm. Um, if I partner with people like you guys and you're helping other people, like then I check off like 50 people rather than one. And that's where like, the big thing in business is people, essentialism is what I'm into. Um, and if you ever, never listened to the book, essentialism, highly recommend it. People struggle to say no to things. So that mission statement was written for me to say no to like everything that didn't fit that mission statement. And that's where like, so some of the projects that I've worked on in the past, like a big one is my buddy, Mike Chabala started sphere in Houston. And when I first lived in Houston and I saw him out sweating his ass off in a park and just gathering a community of people and he was an MLS player. So to go from the MLS to like being in a park in Houston, that's a huge like ego hit to a lot of professional athletes, but he didn't give a fuck. He was just out there helping people drilling into like, how do I connect these people? How do I make their lives better? And that's where it kind of all started where when I moved to, to Austin, I wanted to do the same thing and help other startups and stuff like that. So fortunately, like he, he helped me, uh, start the little community here. So that's up and running. And then I help a a bunch of my other buddies on their, their small little businesses. Izzy, like, uh, Austin's best personal trainer got voted. I help him on a couple side projects. My buddy Shay, um, amazing human being. And and all this Gary V. Thing. Yeah, he's amazing and started Sprint Squad. So we, we like it's a hundred people. So if you live in Austin, like come out the Sprint Squad at, at 10 a.m. and uh, 10 a.m. Zilker Park Saturdays. Saturdays. Yeah. And you'll meet a hundred people of like people that just like will help you out. And then uh, Sphere, it's called Club Class, runs right after that. Same thing, really inclusive. We'll get you connected with people. And what is. Quick elevator pitch. What is Sphere? Who would show up to? Uh, so Sphere is a soccer-inspired fitness concept okay. where we're trying to connect people on and off the ball and inspire them to play a great game both on and off the field. So we care more about you connecting a pass with your soulmate, best friend, new business partner than we do about how many goals you score. So the whole mission behind it is if you come out, you're going to meet somebody new. Yeah. And we're going to kind of like force you to like introduce yourself and get out of your comfort zone and then like walk away with a team where the cool thing for me is like going back to when I first got up and started here was seeing girls score their first goal. So like I've scored my, I've scored 
goals. I started soccer at three, yeah. but I forgot what that feeling felt like for the first time. And you see their faces light up. So like things like that. And then like sprint squat is completely different. It's not like a, a, a structured fitness concept, but it's literally you show up, you sprint, you meet people and just meeting people like him. Like, and I can't stress this enough. Instagram changed my life. When I started that brand, my wife tagged me in. So for Izzy, like I DM'd him, started talking to him. We had, a, we worked out at Gold's and we just started talking about how we're going to impact Austin, right? Three, 30 minute meeting turns into three hour lift. And then Lachey, my wife tagged me in one of his photos and was like, Hey, you guys should meet up, become like really good friends. And then worked, we work as friends and then we work on businesses together. And it's just like, that has taught me that it's, it's always people first. And like my hat right now says for the people, like that's what it is. At the end of the day, if I make 50 K a year or 50 million a year, it don't matter. Like it's, it's who I'm surrounded by. And like, do I, am I happy like right now in the present moment? And I can, out of a lot of people, I don't think they can say yes. And I can, and that's what I yeah. truly care about. So you're happy. Yeah. hundred percent. That's what we like to hear. Boom. Yeah, and it's it is a hard mindset shift to because that's not that's not traditional, not you know? whatsoever. It's not the traditional mindset of the, in, even in just main, mainstream world. That's not necessarily what people are preached. Well, that's to. why they get burned out all the time. True, they're chasing the carrot. Like that's mm-hmm. we're taught from. Man, I can go in on this. Like my, my long term project is, I want to start something called the Honest Education. Enlighten us. Yeah, like. I, like we do, we are not getting an honest education. Like you get into kindergarten and you're taught, let me get an 80 and 90 or whatever and validate myself based on that. Well, what if I really like art and I suck at math? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't care that you really like art. They're like, why are you so bad at math? And they put you in this bucket where you just go from grade to grade to grade to grade to grade. And then you get into college. It's the same thing. What grade can I get? But then what happens is we get out of college and you're just like, shit. Where do I go? Yeah. There's no, there's no linear. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's, yeah, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. So yeah. you have 12 grades, well, 16 technically, that are all linear progression. It's linear train of thought. And then you get out and it's like, this is an exponential world. We live in an exponential world. So imagine like you go to a school when you're a kid and they find out your skills are like very much more creative, right? So art, history, whatever it may be, but then they supplement it with why you need math in your creativity mm-hmm. and you get shuffled along that path. But then maybe you're really good at math. Okay, well, math is great, but how do you get connected with the creative side of things? So this is where for me personally, when Instagram started doing like business accounts, I started crushing it behind the scenes because analytics started coming in and I'm a nerd. So like I started seeing these analytics and I started looking at trends and I'm like, wow, the creative side now has an engineering math-based side. This is amazing. But where was this like 10 years ago? But the thing is we have little kids now that are learning at a rate where they have YouTube since they're born. Like you have a little, a little girl and like she's going to have YouTube at her disposal from now until forever. It's amazing. Right? And yeah. they're, they're, it's, it is amazing. It's like this new age thing. And, but the thing is they're teaching themselves at such a fast rate. But then we put them into a school where they're taught to, to learn at Joey's rate yeah. or Susie's rate. And the Dude. kid is like, fuck. They're like, well, I'm learning way faster than Joey because when I go home, I'm like actually doing yeah. things that are interested. But Joey doesn't have a computer. He doesn't have a computer, right? <laughs> So it's like this system where I just think like if you, I think of my, one of my uncles, he, he, he worked at Camden college in New Jersey. It's like one of the worst cities in America. And like 90% of kids dropped out by 16. What? But the, the, the community was like, how do we get more people to stay in school? That's not the solution. It's how do we get more people to pick up a book 
or to pick up a phone and have Wi-Fi where they can teach themselves things. Yeah. And they can see that there's a world out there that's bigger than Camden, New Jersey. Yeah. But we're fucking concerned with how to get them into the school. The school doesn't matter. You can learn anywhere. But it's just, it's yeah. like I said, I can go on and off with that, but like well, it's not trained. And that's where like I'm super passionate about yeah. getting into that space and, and how do we help. We need to talk more about this. How do we do that? Yeah. Well, I was a, I was an elementary school teacher for seven years, so I've seen you know firsthand. You know, in, yeah. Only in Title One schools, which are low income. So I saw the kids that were. I had there were a couple of. Usually it was the white kids. We had a couple of white kids sprinkled out in our class, and they were the ones going home. With 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 access to all these things when the other kids weren't. Yeah, and like that's and they would sit in class like twiddling their thumbs, and I would always like it would drive me nuts because I'm like, how do I how do I challenge these kids? Because they need it, but you have other kids who you know. I had who do you kids- teach to the the ones that are that are so my it's like in New Jersey they had no child left behind, so yeah. they were I was sleeping in class because I had access like I had my parents were on me like yeah. on me. And, but I would sleep and I would get in trouble. And then they would be like, why is he, they would call my mom and be like, why is he getting detention or whatever it may be? And my mom's like, what is, what are his grades like? And like, oh, he has straight A's. And he's like, then it's your problem. Like, it's your fault for not leveling him up. Now I get where they're coming from. But in today's day, like even this was 15 years ago. Now we're talking, I consult for a couple of elementary school teachers and they don't know what to do because they're in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And these kids are coming to them saying, I want to be a YouTuber. Not, I want to be in this other profession, right? Right. And that teacher is like, honestly, like in the back of their head, they're just like, it would be more, it would be more well, it would, it would be a better scenario if I could teach you how to do YouTube than this algebra one, which you're not even going to pay attention to anyway. And, and in their head, they're just like, this kid is going to make more money than me because I'm making 50 (laughs) K trying to teach him this. So then the teacher's like, I don't even give a shit anymore. And that's where like, I'm a problem solver. Like the, it's it's very easy to solve this problem. You digitize everything. If if kids are going home and they're spending time on laptops and uh, iPads and phones, like don't yell at them and say get off your phone. Like it's just that's just how the world works now, and we yeah. need to bring it into the schools and be like have these tests where they are doing what they love to do because if they do what they love to do, they're going to make an impact, and if they make an impact and provide that value, they're going to be successful. Yeah. It's that the equation is that easy. Yet we hold people back. Like for me. When I was getting out of high school, you're good at math. Go be an engineer. But I was actually naturally a better athlete. Hmm. But nobody ever was like, you should probably spend more time on the on the training field. Exactly. Because like that's not what people do. Yeah. Like they're like, you should go be an engineer because you're going to get this really good salary. Now, a real good combination. When I got into engineering school, we had no classes that were engineering and business combined. Hmm. There was no talk of entrepreneurship, nothing. So I'm getting these engineering classes and I'm just like, this is so boring. Mm-hmm. I hate this. Yeah. But then I would go out in my fraternity and play club sports and I would wake up at 5 a.m. to do that. But I would hate doing what I was doing. So it's like the, the solution is for myself and then for everybody else, I should have been in fitness tech. Like I should have been in sports tech yeah. where it's like you're working on these solutions in the field that you love but use, utilizing like the intelligence and the problem solving skills that you also love, like you just don't love, like I don't love building bridges or like some of the <laughs> shit that we were told that we had to do. Yeah, but so, you can still take those skills and, and apply them in a way that exactly. For you and it's teaching people. kids that they like from a ground level on like YouTube, and that's where, like I said, I want to create something called the honest education, where it's everything is digitized and self education, and I just see like 
what happens when your daughter's going to school and they have augmented reality and virtual reality and they can put them in the time where a blink is shot. She's yeah. not going to read that book, but our, our education system would be like, you need to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. Yet on the outside world, on the private world, she's putting on these virtual things and she's like, why am I going to school reading this fat ass book, but at home I'm actually gaining a better education. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm there. That's the conflict we're having now. So there's a huge bubble that colleges are going to meet in the next 10 to 20 years. I'm banking on it right now. I'm going to pull a Gary V where he like, <laughs> yes. he talks about social media and just like, this is the next big thing. The next big thing is like colleges are trying to figure out a way to digitize a lot of what they're doing because yeah. they're going to lose so much money oh, totally. over the next like so There's a years. huge generation of seven to 13 year olds right now that will find much they're brilliant. Much more valuable ways to to learn. Yeah, to, they're brilliant. To use their skills. Like my, my Aaron's little cousin, he FaceTimes me and calls me. I'm just like, how is this guy so sharp? He's 10. Yeah. Like the questions he's asking me, he's like, I want to be an entrepreneur too. And he's like asking me all these questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's he sees Gary Vee. Yeah. So he sees all this content. He's ingesting yeah. this material. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, you're 10 and you know more than some of my like 25-year-old friends. <laughs> the fact that he knows who Gary Vee yes. is is a step in the right yeah, direction. Yeah. He's the 13th person. Yes. And only what? Two know? He's, he's the only other. He's the only, he's only other. Yeah. yeah. It's, C- it's CJ and Aaron's yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Serious. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the, the access that they have. But again, he is a privileged kid. Yeah. So imagine like if you – if. I just think of things like if I could give everybody an old iPhone, they don't even need access to the cellular, but put Wi-Fi hotspots oh, in, yeah. in like in underprivileged places and say, hey, look, you don't have to go to school, but like we'll give you, we'll subsidize this, right? Yeah. And like get, start giving people the option and then like who knows Dude, what there's happen, so many but at apps, least try. There's like, so try. many learning apps that you don't even need internet for, you know, yep. just download the app and... And my daughter's almost two and she's starting to learn all it's, great. it's great yeah. it's nuts and I showed her a, last last night I had her I was on YouTube usually we'll do like number counting or, or alphabet stuff yeah, before awesome. bed and there's a video of these like two kids brother and sister it had like five million views <laughs> and they were like singing a song together and I'm like they probably get paid yeah. Right at that point, you're, you're, you're getting, getting paid. You're like, getting paid a lot more than what most people think. So the the example you gave before about the kid that wants to be a YouTuber, like these are kids that were like maybe six or seven max, and they're them or their parents are making money by them putting YouTube if, videos. If I'm fortunate enough to to be blessed with with children, Aaron and I, they're going to have their own businesses before they're five, without a doubt. Like because it. they're going to have freedom. Like my goal in life is ultimate freedom to make any choice that I want. I want to take my kid to the park at 1 p.m. on a Monday. I don't want to be stuck at my desk. Yeah. I want to have the ultimate choice of I want to do what I want, when I want to do it, and why I want to do it. And that's where he's going to learn, or she, from a very young age, that they have the ability to do the same thing. I'm going to lead them into like yeah. into that way. Now, if they get to the point where like I hate YouTube or I hate Instagram, I don't want to do this, I'm like, what do you want to do? I'll support you. Something else. But it's like giving them the option to to earn that freedom from a very young age and to just think on a whole nother level of like, 
you're not here to get grades. Like that's it. Yeah. Like the grades come and go, but how you treat people doesn't, what you do and why you do it doesn't like, that's all a choice. Right. Every day you wake up is a choice. How you take care of yourself. That's a choice. Your mental health. That's a choice. And I think we live in this time and age where it wasn't a choice 20 years ago because when the clock turned hit five and you went home, like you didn't have the internet, you didn't have Google. So you couldn't really teach yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and you had to take care of your family and your kids and like you had to feed them. Yeah. But what happened was you were playing with your kids more back then. So they had this, like, they still had an outlet. Yeah. Versus now the big stipulation is parents giving their kids iPads and things of that nature. The problem isn't the iPad. The problem is you're not teaching your kid balance. Like you're not teaching that the iPad is a tool to something else. Yeah. It's not an, a means to an end. Exactly. It's just a tool. So, I mean, like I said, I can go on and on about that stuff, but <laughs> that's my true passion. Well, <laughs> all the knowledge. Uh, let's play a game. Let's, let's play do game. it. I got seven questions for you. I love right, games. We're really burning brain cells here a little bit. Um, so, so I have I, ha- I have to get another shot tequila though. Like, oh, deal. That's, oh, that's yeah. deal. Like, deal. Let me get one more. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this has got a Uber Oh no! <laughs> so for those that don't know, like been sitting here. Ian purposely shook up the Topo Chico, and now my whole pants are wet. No, it's, oh, so it's all good. I already got one shower today. Nothing wrong with two, dude. It's literally been just <laughs> sitting there. It's all good. The computer's good. The mic's good. My notebook is surprisingly only have a couple of drops on it. We're good yeah, to go. We're good. Thank you. I'll pour a little tiny bit more too because I got a boxing workout at True Fusion later today. Oh yeah! Your Shout favorite. out to True Fusion South Austin. Yeah, get it in. Let's go. That's CJ's awesome. wife is an instructor there. What? Yeah. Which classes? Which class? She so this weekend she's teaching TRX on Saturday, and then I oh. think. I honestly, I don't want to say because I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> she teaches another class on Sunday. Okay. She does like Pilates, uh, Hit Tribe, TRX, and then she's going to slowly progress into some of the other modalities. Cool. Dude, I got to her class on Saturday. Sold out. What? I had to take a different one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Sorry. It was a hot boot camp. Oh, cool. Oh, you had, you make sure you eat drinks. and drink a lot of water before that. Oh, yeah. Like, salt tablets. I was not prepared. Yes. I probably do salt tablets, Pedialyte, before her classes. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. any of the hot ones, man, they're, they're intense. So, we've got, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before, so you might find this valuable. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Uh, pretty much the same questions. I might ask you them in different ways, though. So, in a broad sense, why do you do what you do? Why do I do what you do? Yeah. So I actually listened to Jeremy from Shoe Fusion. Shout out to them again. Uh, And I heard that he was a huge Simon Sinek fan. So one of the first books that Mm -hmm. I read, like Mm -hmm. in my entrepreneurial journey, this has to be like six years ago now, is Start With Why. And it like goes in and there's a really good TEDx talk on like why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And for me, why I do what I do is alluding back to that – story I talked about like sitting at the edge of the cliff is I could die at any moment I'm very self-aware I'm very conscious that this life that we were given is lucky like you could have you could have been born somewhere where you're a slave or, or this or that so I take that like into consideration with every day so that forces me to think a little bit bigger picture and how can I help other people like level up and then help other people level up and progress this world? So I just think that it's naive of people to just meander through life 
and not have any type of purpose. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do and why I do it is they weren't, they just weren't lucky enough to either have someone question them or this or that. And I've been, like I said earlier, like people think I'm blunt or direct or whatever. I'm willing to take that just to help somebody realize that they could leave this earth with something bigger. So to, to dial that in, yeah, there's a difference. Oh, no, that's good. There's well, a difference. Might make your game tough. Yeah, there's, there's a difference. Like the, the the sole difference between humans and animals is humans have the ability to build things that live beyond when they die. Animals, they wake up, they procreate, they eat, and then they die. Right? They just meander through life doing whatever. Humans, I can build like this mic, this Topo Chico, whatever it may be. I can build something that has an impact on me when I'm dead. It's not like I'm gone. I'm long gone, but it's impacting people. So I take that into everything that I do, and like that's why I do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, is that, <laughs> no, no, does that well, answer the question? I think I told you before <laughs> before you came, it could be a tough game because he's a pretty like... like you might already know it. Deep dude, but... I have it down. I, I have a follow-up to that. Okay. Grill me. Let's what go. Would, what would it do for you? To know that you've left, or to not know. Yeah, that it's you've hard. Left it's hard to funnel all that down to one. That's it. That's the question. Yeah, what would it do for you? Boom. What would it do for you to, to or what does it do for you when you find out that people are are following this, you know, kind of this message, and they're starting to impact? And so, one, I keep a, I screenshot anything when anybody has ever thrown me kindness or thanked me or whatever, I screenshot it and I put it directly into a Google Drive. So I literally have from anybody that has IG messaged me like, hey, thank you for this, or hey, I asked this question or, or whatever it may be, I screenshot that shit. So I, I'm very, I, I hold on to that and remind myself like when I'm sick or I'm not feeling well, like it's not about me. Like that's the thing. Like this life is not about me. I'm some little ant, so I don't matter. I'm gonna wither away, I'm gonna die at some point. Like it's not about me, it's about the whole, the collective whole. So I don't care. Like, I mean, I, I'm going to die and it's not, it doesn't give you a feeling, right? It doesn't give you a feeling like you've left this impact, but I know that as I'm on earth, I can control two things, my attitude and my energy. And that's it. So that's what I focus on is having a good attitude and working my ass off. Everything else will fall into place and that impact will be made. It's, it's an easy equation. You work hard and you're kind to people, good things will happen. Yeah. That's all I worry about. And then I collect those good things that come to me because that's what matters to me. Like those little valuable things that aren't money. It's what the impact that I've made. That's what yeah. I'll collect. And so then, it does mean more than anything to you is yeah. someone saying like, CJ, I listened to this podcast and got like, I mean, something you said just sparked, uh, uh, triggered a feeling in me where I... And I think like a lot of people, what they do is when that happens, they it builds their ego. Yeah. So they're like, they start losing that feeling. Whereas like, if yeah, you, like I've done good, now I earned impact, something, right? Not, yeah. yeah. So I'm very like in my own head. And it's like, like when someone reaches out and you're just like, thank you so much for this. I grill into you more. I go like, what have you done? Yeah. Why are you doing it? How can I help you more? Who can I connect with you more? Because I'm not focused on like an end goal. Like I'm not, there's no, there's no real end goal. Really. Yeah. It's just like, I'm addicted to that that feeling of feeling alive, like thrive on life was built on. I want to live. I'm addicted to adrenaline rushes and, and things. And like the best adrenaline rush I've ever had is you have an idea. You put the idea out on the world and other people and you're living 
through that idea and you're like, wow, I feel the most alive I've ever been. Yeah. And then you tell me about it. Nothing can, there's nothing in this world that could like, you could put me on a private jet. I would not feel as good as if you told me you started this idea and I had one little ounce to do with that. There's just nothing. Huge. Yeah. It's the difference between us being animals. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the fundamental difference. It's all about making an impact in the domino effect. Yeah. You make an impact on five people who then cast that out to two people who cast it out to a hundred and all of a sudden you've got everybody just needs somebody to tell them that they can do it. Now I'm fortunate enough. Like, again, I said, I'm lucky. Like Aaron, like I have a COO as a wife. Like she is like a fucking drill sergeant and I would not be here without her. She's German. Uh, I don't know. She's like a tiny little wife, like ripped out of her mind. I I thought I worked hard (laughs) and then I moved in with her and was like game changer. Like this girl works Dude. so hard and yeah. doesn't complain. And I'm just like, I've been known to complain. Yeah. Like, and, and I literally just, it made me take a step back on life. And it's just like, what the fuck do I have to complain about? Mm. And then like, even though I'm sick, like there's times when I feel down and whatever, but really like you, you're training your, your, your brain is so powerful where you, you start getting that depression and then you're just like, well, what solved this oppression in the first place? And that's like getting out of my own head and helping somebody else. Yeah. And I just, that's what I focus on. That's what IG has let me do. And that's where like, I've achieved more in, in three years on my own than any of the achievements beforehand. Like anything like full ride to school, scholar, none of that shit means anything to me. Yeah. None of it. I don't even know where my college degree is. Like none of it matters. Like doesn't matter. So tell us the three Instagram accounts and then quick, uh, Give a quick shout out about your podcast that you just started that you're already like six episodes into. You're just rolling with it. So honestly, just follow at me at, at Thrive on Life. Uh, I have a couple other Instagram accounts behind the scenes. What I'm doing is I'm trying to build a system yeah. to help other people automate a lot of the content that they're putting out there to be valuable. So I'm literally testing with my Thrive in account and my Thrive on Fit account. Those are test accounts where I'm just trying to put out content that helps other people. But behind the scenes, I'm trying to figure out a system to help other people automate their processes, especially you guys, like you guys have a day job. So I really, really appreciate like you even having me in here. I want to help people like you, like make this more fast and efficient. Um, and the only way I do that is if I go through the pain myself. So just follow me at thrive on life. Um, connect with me there. And what was the podcast? The podcast. Oh yeah. So I started a podcast, uh, the thrive on podcast. I'm just looking to have people on there. Uh, just to hear their story. I really care about people and like what they're up to. And I built Thrive on Life to really like shout out other people and mm-hmm. what they do and how they're thriving. And that's where like I'd love to have you guys on as well and talk a little bit about what you guys are doing um, and then be valuable to the community. So that's just a side project. But if there's anyone interested in learning how to start their own, I literally just used my phone and a $30 lav mic off Amazon and got it started within a day. Yeah. So yeah, that's all we about. have. We have a microphone. It was a hundred bucks, but there's three of us. Yeah. So, so we split it and it's, that's all we've got in this room. Yeah. It's super Funny. awesome. And just like, just to inspire people to like, just try it. Like yeah. it's fun. I love, I was already like for me, the, the podcast I was already talking to people a lot of people I'm just like well no this is great we had a value from this but like I think a lot of other people could get value so that's where it started and I just haven't thought through anything else on it I yeah. just have people on it and then we'll see where it goes just have fun with it gotta have fun yeah boom there it is any parting words yeah 
No, just thank you again for, for allowing me to come on here and ramble a little bit and, and spitball. I, I hope this was valuable to whoever listens. I hope it was valuable Hell to yeah. you guys. Yeah. And I look yep. forward to if there's any way that I Fire can up. help anybody else out there. Feel free to connect with me, Ian, Greg. They're great guys. So thanks again. Cool. Do you want to give a quick version of the weekly brew? Quick version of the weekly brew. So really quickly, weekly brew, we, we pick like a kind of a trending topic in Austin um, and just kind of feature it. Quick little blurb. Talk about yeah. it. It's our weekly brew. So let's do it. Here's, here's the rundown week. for this week's weekly brew. Austin Habitat for Humanity is a step closer to building a 50 plus condominium unit on the east side, which is located on 4th and Onion, which is right down the street from White Horse Dance Hall, everybody's favorite east side dance popcorn hall. Popcorn and, and two-stepping. Free popcorn, right? Yeah. Can't get better than that. Uh, this project is Habitat's first attempt at developing a multifamily housing property uh, and efforts to create affordable housing uh, awesome. that are that's actually close hard to, come by to the city side. center. Okay. Yeah. Um, so th- it's not going to feel like affordable housing at all. It's going to have a, a the the creator says it's going to have a hip loft style feel, um, and, and they're going to start at one twenty five all the way up to one hundred seventy five thousand. Now the only thing to uh, uh, be uh, eligible for this is you have to put in three hundred hours of sweat equity and fall within certain income brackets to qualify for one of the condos. Pretty cool. It's awesome. It's going to be great. Um, you're going to be right there in the heart of the east side. It's so much fun over there. You can hop on one of those scooters if you're feeling like you want to get some downtown action. Um, and I think it's going to be good stuff. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put in some work. Yeah. When did, so anybody can go work on these houses? How does it work? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I don't really know how habitat. I would love to like put a hard hat on. Works. Yeah. 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 For 300 hours, you got that? 300 hours and then you... you well, I, don't, I don't need the house, but like yeah. if I can show up and put five hours in and like help somebody that needs the house, like yeah. that's yeah. a good part-time thing. Um, so for more information on that, <laughs> just go to habitatforhumanity.com and uh, learn how to be able to help these folks because I'm sure they could use some, some more help cool. with this project. Um, there we have it. Want to take us out? Well, I appreciate again, CJ. It's always great talking to you. Listen, I mean, if you like, like he said, thrive on life. Got to follow him on Instagram. He's always got some great nuggets, great wisdom. Um, likes to be inspirational. So appreciate you joining us. Um, next week we'll be featuring a, lo- a local entrepreneur couple that in less than a year has landed their product in all of the Whole Foods. No kidding. That's amazing. Country. Yeah. What? That's hustle awesome, right uh, And they're Austin-based, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a wild story, so be sure to tune in. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. If you like what you hear, give us that five-star rating. Uh, don't forget to follow us on, at, on Instagram at, at What's Brewing ATX. Until next time. Hopefully you're feeling... Cheers, man. You're feeling good. Awesome. Cheers. Tequila. Great job. Down the hatch.